0: as if he had backed a horse in the Grand National and was watching it come in six lengths ahead. Another wallet from London looking for a weekend place for Lucy and the Sprogs. His sort wouldn't want to know. That bloke was Oliver Hardcastle. The auctioneer took a deep breath. Who'll start me off? He appealed. Who'll start me off at 400? Oliver looked around the room at the faces which were far better than him at giving nothing away faces reddened by the wind and pinched by the cold outside chins drawn down into jacket collars as if to stop the mouths from speaking up hands stuffed into jacket pockets to prevent them getting loose and giving way to expression 400 the auctioneer pumped up his optimism 400 ladies and gentlemen More dust settled on the carved mahogany garland over the main door. Somebody coughed again. Somebody else coughed. The auction was taking place in February, peak season for viruses. The first coffer got a couple more in. Four hundred now, the auctioneer repeated. Stuff the bloody tax, growled a voice at the back of the room. Some murmurs of congratulation for this opinion. The reason for the sale had been advertised the list of lots proclaimed it. By order of the inland revenue, meaning their bailiffs had seized the property in lieu of unpaid taxes, that much Oliver had learned already. Oliver felt his heart beating. He had bought a shirt, a soft shirt in lumberjack cheques, mostly brown, to go under the wax jacket, and his heart was thumping so hard that it felt as if it was going to pop off the shirt buttons. Not less than four hundred, surely. Here he was, a man whose daily grind involved unleashing tidal waves of wealth around the globe without a twinge of anxiety and he was standing in a country auction-room on the edge of a cardiac arrest for less than half a mill sterling amazing three hundred then the auctioneer conceded, who'll oh, start me off with three hundred. The coughing had stopped, and a judgmental silence began to settle like a rain-cloud spoiling a summer's day. Three hundred? The auctioneer raised his eyes to the back of the room, then flourished his arm in triumph. Three hundred! At the back there, thank you, sir. A few heads turned. A few people looked at Oliver, not that he noticed. A few chuckles resounded, and above them a loud and cheerful voice accused. (laughs) You took that off the wall, you bugger! The auctioneer blushed. He was a man of thirty-ish, pale-faced, with a thin neck standing loose in his shirt-collar. The flush of shame spread in seconds. The man standing next to Oliver smiled. It was a smile of boyish delight, such as was frequently seen in 1950s advertisements for chocolate bars. Then, sensing bewilderment by his right elbow, he leaned towards Oliver and whispered, "'He means the auctioneer made it up. Imaginary bidder!' "'They do it, get these things moving when the room's a bit cold.' "'That's a fantastic price,' argued the auctioneer. "'Too right it is,' agreed the cheerful voice of his challenger. "'You're a fantasy price, you mean?' Oliver saw that the voice belonged to a broad man who had spread out over several seats in the front row. "'Turning round now to spar with the rest of the audience, "'it's worth a lot more.' The auctioneer said, his courage fading as his embarrassment bloomed. But where's the money going, eh? That's the question, isn't it? Bastards put old Frank out of business, didn't they? Damned if they'd get in my money for that. Some growls of approval greeted this explanation, and the broad man turned round on his seats to see the extent of his support. There's a reserve set, the auctioneer explained. Below 300, I cannot go. They'll be selling in London if it don't fetch the right price here. At the word London, distaste rippled through the room like a seismic disturbance. Of course, Oliver explained to himself, they want to keep the land in local ownership. But when I'm the owner, I'll be local, so that'll be okay. What they're afraid of is some pension fund snapping it up. The broad man turned around again, agitated. Don't look at me, he pleaded to the newest rows of onlookers. Don't you go looking at me. Go on, Colin, you know you want to. This was from a boyish smiler beside Oliver, who spoke in a pleasant, light tenor and an accent as hopelessly posh as a Wimbledon announcer. Yeah, go on, agreed a few other voices. More trouble than it's worth, it's got to be, the broad man said at once. Frank was a good enough farmer. If he couldn't keep going, nobody could... "'So, gentlemen,' the auctioneer regained his fragile authority, "'do I have an opening bid at £300,000, Saxwell New Farm?' Oliver's heart threatened to crack open his ribcage. He took a grip on the white laminated card bearing his bidder number and twitched it. "'300? Anybody?' The auctioneer was looking everywhere but at him. Oliver raised his card blatantly, then felt panic, and waved the card above his head at arm's length. ''Over here!'' called the posh speaker, distinctly surprised. ''Ladies and gentlemen, for the last time of asking!'' The auctioneer had his gavel hand in the air and was scanning the far horizon. ''Over here!'' called the posh voice again, waving to catch the auctioneer's eye. ''Oy!'' The broad man heaved himself to his feet to get the auctioneer's attention and pointed in Oliver's direction. Over there! You got a live one! Oh, gosh, I'm so sorry! the auctioneer mumbled, dropping his programme as he apologised. Are you bidding, sir? Yes, said Oliver, hearing his own voice hoarse with relief. I am bidding. Three hundred thousand pounds, then? Oliver nodded and flashed his card definitively at shoulder height. "'Thank you, sir. I have an opening bid of three hundred. Can I hear three fifty? Get over yourself,' the posh speaker suggested. The auctioneer persisted. "'Any more? Any advance on three hundred thousand pounds? Are we all done?' "'Course we're all done,' said the broad man over his shoulder, for now he had turned around again and was leaning over his chair-back, eyeballing Oliver with bullock-like curiosity.' To you, sir. Gentlemen at the front here, let me just get a note of your number. Gentlemen at the front. On a maiden bid, Saxwold New Farm at £300,000. Sold. For an instant, a heart attack seemed like a real possibility. Something in Oliver's chest leapt like a salmon. His ears buzzed. The room went misty, and he felt dizzy. A farm. He had bought a farm. He was... Technically, at least. A farmer. His dreams were about to come true. A hand as subtle as a spade slapped him on the shoulder, and its partner, he realised, was advancing to be shaken. They belonged to the broad man who had heaved over in his direction through the startled crowd. "'You'll be just down the road of me,' he said, curiosity radiating uncontrollably from a red face embellished with a craggy nose. "'Don't tell him that.' "'the posh one advised. "'He hasn't signed the cheque yet.' "'He was a willowy individual who seemed to sway as he spoke. "'I'm pleased to meet you,' Oliver said, "'shaking the spade-like hand as firmly as he could. "'Not half as pleased as I am to meet you,' said the broad man, "'only partly joking. "'They were all on a to by old Frank's place, "'but I got enough to get on with on my own. "'So you're welcome and good luck.' Oliver wanted to ask what had happened to old Frank, but the moment did not seem right. "'This is Colin Burton,' said the willowy one. Even in the gloom of the auction room, you could still see that this pale face was thickly freckled and his hair was worn in a ponytail, more like a romantic poet than son of the soil. His land is next to yours, and um, I'm Florian Adelworth. You'll find me up the road, other side of the village. Oliver Hardcastle.' he introduced himself. So, welcome to Saxworld. Thank you. So much, thought Oliver, for all that stereotypical rubbish about country people keeping to themselves and resenting strangers and having bad manners. I'm getting downright social grace here. You'll be uh, weekending? No, I hope not. I'll be living on the farm. Don't mind us, said Florian, the willowy one. We're just nosy. (laughs) That's us, all right. The broad one was watching carefully to see how much prying was acceptable among the middle classes. "'So you'll be living on the farm,' Florian prompted, "'and, yes, and, well, and farming, I hope.' "'Farming? Farming, eh? "'You can come over and laugh at me at any time,' Oliver proposed. "'We'll do that, don't worry,' said Colin. "'You've farmed before?' inquired Florian. As if this would be the only possible excuse. No, uh, never. Uh, not yet, uh, so it'll be a bit of a learning curve. <laughs> learning curve, Colin repeated. as it-